sweet action. Brian, you want to give me a little uh, love while you're waiting? I love you, Paul. There we go. You're a little hot. I just I just said I love you, and you called me hot. Nice. <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Today on the Geek Up Podcast, a new Animal Crossing game comes out Friday, and I'm so excited! We've got a list of COVID-19 delays. It's a lot, but some theatrical releases are being made available, so, you know, you can watch it at home and self-isolate still. Or read a comic, like the ones the Orville has coming out. And no, The Simpsons did not predict this pandemic. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast, COVID-19 edition, episode 75, St. Patrick's Day 2020. Does anybody even really notice it's St. Patrick's Day? Are we even (laughs) paying attention to this kind of thing? No. Oh, boy. Art Aronson will be joining us shortly as we record this on St. Patrick's Day. It's about 1230, and there is a big presser, yes, our media briefing conference, whatever they call it these days, with... uh, Talking about all sorts of things, including that uh, in-class K-12 school instruction has been stopped, and they're working on online stuff, and there's there's a lot. I'm sure Art will brief us when he gets back, but in the meantime, I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. Broadcasting um, from, I mean, that's the biggest thing of this whole pod oh, here, Bud, is sorry, we all right. sound wackadoo. I'm because... broadcasting from the home studio closet. Okay, there we go. You're in a closet, Bud? Well, it helps da- dampen the sound. Oh, good call. Maybe I should get into my closet. No, Brian, um, you sound better. <laughs> I'm not in the closet. I'm in front of the closet, and this, the clothes are... I guess I should have explained that. The clothes help dampen the ringing of the sound, which would otherwise bounce off hard walls. It's an acoustic I feel like I should have duct tape pillows to my walls where I'm in right now. <laughs> I'm not doing enough. <laughs> sound for sound. Uh, my name is DJ Boytano. You can hear me every weekday in the afternoon zone doing the mixtape. I'm, I'm here at home. Okay. You're at home, yeah. That's um, all Sparkle Boy action there. <laughs> Paul Pacino, uh, broadcasting from the uh, regular uh, studio at the radio station. Um, because I'm a Viking and because I have to come in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kristen James. I'm also broadcasting from my house and not a closet and probably in an echoey room. Am I echoey? Echo. No, you're great. Echo. Where, what, how, what, what, um, Echo. What room are you in, Kirsten? My kitchen. Yeah. Oh, get what? The kitchen's the echoiest room in the house. Yeah, that's got the most percentage of hard surfaces to bounce the sound off of. Yeah, second to bathroom, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll move into my bathroom later and we'll see. (laughs) If I start to get echoey, it means I've sat on the toilet. No. No. We got to look at the bright side, the silver linings of things in this whole thing, and being able to poop and broadcast at the same time. It's a, it's a dream. That's a silver lining. No, I, I don't know. I, uh, God. Well, anyways, Art will be joining us shortly, and he's he's Art, and he'll tell us about himself when he gets there. Yeah. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, I'm trying to stay away from the COVID-19 news on my little Wednesday show. I talked about it once in January with this uh, Canadian company that had an early prediction on it, and then I talked about the John Hopkins tracker thing and oh you're uh, such a covid hipster you talk oh, shit, yes. i'm a covid <laughs> maven that's it <laughs> but since then man i do not i just have not been wanting to we're, we're getting it from all sides we're getting it from everywhere else so 
This week, I'm talking about my second favorite gaming franchise and the brand new game coming out for uh, Nintendo Switch, Animal Crossing New Horizons. That will happen on Friday. It is spring break. My kid will be with me, and we are going to stay in our PJs and explore a deserted island all day and make friends with anthropomorphic animals and fish and dig up fossils and collect seashells and make bells, which is their currency in the game. And it's going to be ridiculous and fun and lovely and just the escape that we need in this day and age of craziness. Well, I was going to say, but I mean, as much as you're trying to stay away from COVID news, this feels COVID adjacent because video games have been one major respite in uh, all this self-isolation, I feel like. Like, I took a real time out from video games for a while, and then this weekend, you know, not that I was doing anything super different than I would anyways for a weekend, but I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to hunker down here, and I know we're supposed to be self-isolating, so I think I'm going to get back into some video games and played a bunch of uh, Link's Awakening and was really enjoying it. That's sweet. And yeah, that's absolutely perfect. It's the kind of thing that, you know, because I, and I, some of us are not used to this. Some of us are, but some of us are not used to literally being stuck at home for the safety, for the greater good, basically. And yeah. what do you do? You're run out of things after a while. And uh, yeah, video games are definitely an escape for, you know, me and lots of people. So yeah, do what you can to stay sane and wash your hands. Yeah, there's, I, I'm feeling, I don't know, you guys tell me as well how you feel about this, because yesterday even, you know, I was listening to a lot of uh, financial news because, you know, there's not a ton of new news about the virus itself. We know what the infection rate is, what the death rate is, who's at most risk. We know all that stuff already. Now it's the closures and the containment and the flattening the curve. We know that too. So what's interesting to me and what's kind of on my mind most is like the financial impact of the global society grinding to a halt for an unknown amount of time. And that's giving, I think, some people like a little pause for concern, a little anxiety. Um, so, so I actually like, am heartened to see sectors that are like, uh, COVID proof. And video games certainly seem to be one of those ones. At least like to get through the quarantine period. You know what I mean? I don't know if like, if things, if shit really does hit the fan in a, you know, in a month's to years from now, a year from now, I don't know if people are going to have a lot of money to spend on video games. But in the meantime, it feels like people are getting them and they're going to do okay for a little while. Is that right? I was spent a lot of yesterday afternoon kind of just going through the e-store on my uh, Nintendo Switch just to see like maybe there's some games that, that like we can get so that the kids are are not bored of like the one game we're playing or we can spend a little bit more time on this just because we have that time right now. So yeah, if I was working for you know Nintendo or or Xbox or PlayStation, you know I know E3's canceled, so they can't really you know talk about all their new things kind of coming up, but mm -hmm. then. They've all got uh, stuff available for download. Yeah, how wonderful. And I know we're going to get to things that are being made available for you know self-isolation more and more, but uh, god damn do I wish Breath of the Wild 2 would just come out today. Oh, no kidding, right? Well, actually, in um, <laughs> apparently, a bunch of Dutch uh, video game stores are planning to close, like now, so they let go of some of their physical copies of... Uh, Animal Crossing, which is not slated to come out until Friday. Wow. Nintendo is not usually a fan of this kind of thing, but we are <laughs> in an unprecedented situation. But it is still four days before the release, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. 
Also, in terms of the zombie apocalypse, which I know, Paul, mathematically, you says would never work out, mm. um, I, I always felt that, you know, myself and other, you know, you guys and creatives and people who basically have no real, like, tangible skills, like, plumbers will rule the new world, sure, you know, when yeah. the zombies take over. Hey, speak for yourself, tangible skills. Okay, yeah, you got some. What are, actually, wait, what are yours? You do graphic design, and, and tell me, what, what... How are you going to survive in the zombie world, Kirsten? Mm. Don't make me list them now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say anyway. that in like a job interview. Don't make anyway. me list things that don't exist. <laughs> Just Anyways, know that I, I have them and trust me. I, I figured that it would be like the practical skill people who would rule the world. However, I, I'm kind of seeing in this whole COVID-19 thing that... People like us who do what we do, even though it seems to have no, you know, actual bearing on the world, it is important because people need this escape. People need to hear things that are funny and interesting and not always the news. Like video games, I think radio, a lot of people have come back to radio for the information because we are probably the most immediate medium that exists, but also for the entertainment because you gotta not always be COVID-19ing out there. Oh, 100%. That's why, uh, if I may uh, put a caboose on the Paul's ride train, um, I said it was important for us to do this podcast, even though it might sound shittier than usual. Uh, I'm glad that we're doing it because, you know, I know that if there are disruptions in my podcast schedule for any reason, but certainly while I'm self-quarantining and need the, the extra entertainment, I'd be pretty chapped. So I'm glad we're doing this, team. There is also a tweet that I saw a friend, a radio friend of mine, share yesterday, and it was a, a tweet and a reply to that tweet. Like the original tweet said, "In breaking news moments like this, there should be a type of podcast you can listen to in real time, easily accessible for free." <laughs> and then the reply to that tweet was, "Radio, you're thinking of radio." Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We're a real time podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> We have a whole bunch of uh, cancel, like well, not cancellations, pa production pauses um, with the whole COVID-19 concerns. Netflix has paused Stranger Things and other shows. The season two filming of The Morning Show with Apple TV, same with Loki, WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Shang-Chi, The Little Mermaid, Home Alone, and A Quiet Place 2, all of these productions have stopped. Wait, go back, Home Alone? Yeah, they're reviewing Home Alone. That sounds but like the perfect, like, COVID-19. I think, yeah, they'd be well-equipped <laughs> for that, to do a right. home alone. Yeah, it stars the kid from uh, Jojo Rabbit. Not the main kid, not the Jojo Rabbit kid, but, like, his best friend with glasses. Oh, cute. Yeah, he's really yeah. cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah, not, I feel I, like there's going to be, like, a big lull. Like, like kind of, like, similar mm -hmm. to when the writer's strike happened. and then That's exactly what I was like, thinking, yeah. One year where nothing good came out. I feel like that's now going to happen with... Our movies, but maybe not because they're pushing back so many uh, movies that were set to be released, like Quiet Place, Mulan, um, James Bond, and now that the movie theaters are shut, so maybe we won't experience it. And stuff will just get released late. I don't know. Yeah, it's actually not a for release they're gonna um, really it's it's gonna be when the dust kind of clears from this there's gonna be a lot of really cool things that we've been waiting for that will actually finally come out that they've kind of held back because they know that it's gonna affect their box office numbers so then there's gonna be that and then the other things are gonna get back into production just be released a little bit later so I mm -hmm. think there's gonna be a little bit of a shift 
Um, but they're like movie companies are going to start to think about, you know, need to think about budgets and, and stuff. Yeah. The, the thing that I'm hoping is going to, ha- is not going to happen is that movie studios are going to be starting to think about, um, uh, cutting back on like location, you know, budgets and adding more green screen stuff just to save some money. Yeah. So that, like, for the next couple of years, we might be seeing, like, kind of a lack in quality in terms of, you know, locale shooting and everything. Shit. That would suck, especially for BC. Like, we're, we're kind of little Hollywood up here, Vancouver, and to a certain extent, the island. We had a lot of larger productions from the south just because of the temperate climate and whatnot. And, yeah, I agree. That does seem to be a possibility as much as that would suck. <laughs> but, you know, but that being said, it could end up being good for BC because of how BC is a, a really great locale for shooting, and a lot of companies were coming up north because it was cheaper, especially with the dollar. So we might end up seeing a lot of uh, movies end up being shot up here. Oh, that'd be wonderful. I, so, okay. I, I yeah. It's again, um, and I I promise I hope not to be more doom and gloom as this podcast goes on. But um, you know, it's like uh, there. I wonder about the long term effects of this and uh, certainly for like yeah you guys talking about kind of the entertainment side of it as in like what the studios on their end but when it gets down to us in the theaters we've been talking about for a long time and a lot of people have like wondering when that shift will come when there's a real kind of distinction between movies that go to the theaters versus ones that just go to Netflix. And it'll be interesting now, like depending on how long this social isolation goes on for, like how many movies just go straight to Netflix that were maybe even like destined for the theater originally, but to like cut losses and all that. And then again, like long term, if we're looking at budgets and we're looking at, you know, it's like tightening our belts as the studios or whatever. I wonder if those like uh, those big, um, uh, you know, like marketing displays and everything like that as stuff goes for big box office release. If that starts to kind of peter out and dry up, if that's like a lasting effect of uh, of this uh, whole thing that's going on now. Who is eating yogurt and scraping the bottom of the thing? Yeah, I gotta know. Nope. Kirsten in the kitchen! I was a guilty nope, Kirsten. What are you doing over there? <laughs> you are in the kitchen. I was filing my mail. I knew it! I wasn't going to say it, but I knew it! Sorry. Frick's sakes. Oh my god. I'll stop. Anyways, every now and then, every now and then I'm just going to go into the bathroom and flush the toilet just to Don't. Fuck you guys Don't. <laughs> you I hate you already. This is a good segue to the next story that uh, Universal is going to make current theatrical movies available for home viewing on Friday. Not sure that it's really? a huge... So, like, what? What ones? I think Trolls is one of them. What? What one? <laughs> And a Trolls World Tour. I think this must be like the eighth Trolls movie or something. Oh, boy. But also The Invisible Man, The Hunt, Emma, and uh, Bloodshot, which uh, Brian made a crack about. What was your crack, <laughs> well, Brian? No, it's just that it's like all of these are coming out and on, on streaming just to make it easier for us to watch. But I still don't want to watch Bloodshot. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I was going to say, like, this all sounds like crap. Yeah, um, but so with that, I, and I didn't fully read uh, the article, but did it say how much these things are going to cost? No, I didn't see that in the thing, actually, no. 
Yeah, because I'm sorry if this is bearing a lead here, but we got word uh, this past weekend during uh, the first quarantine weekend that, uh, oh, it's Frozen 2 and Star Wars are coming out for you to watch. And Frozen 2, bless it, uh, was just going to Disney Plus for us all to just have. Whereas uh, Star Wars, you couldn't even rent the thing. It was like, you buy it for $26 or fuck you. Mm -hmm. So not really the same thing. I found the information, by the way. Um, 48-hour rental period, suggested retail price of 20 uh, United States dollars. So you're buying it then? Yeah. Uh, For two days. For For two days. Not the Star Wars one. The Star Wars one was different. Right. I'm just going back to the Universal ones. Hey, uh, so by the way. Trolls World Tour is going to cost me $20 when you have it for 48 hours? Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Bad scene. Okay, well, look, it steps in the right direction. And again, if we all are under zombie apocalypse style quarantine for the rest of our lives, I look forward to um, trading some seashells that I find for Trolls World 2. Hey, Art Aronson <laughs> joins us, everybody. Hey. Hey, 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 guys. What are we talking about? Um, Trolls uh, World Tour. Trolls World Tour. <laughs> hey, okay, by the way, because I mentioned Frozen 2, I tried to watch Frozen 1 this weekend in quarantine. <laughs> it sucks. Oh, no. no. Frozen no, is a no, garbage wrong. movie. You're it's wrong. Absolutely. You're a garbage movie. What a piece of shit. Boring. No. When you say try to watch, how much of it did you watch? Ah. Did you finish the movie? No, I didn't. No, No, it's it's Paul. He just watched the last half hour. I I put it on. I watched for a bit. I was like, wow, this sucks, hey? And then I like wandered away and then paused it, but then I came back and then it started again. Listen, the movie sucks, you guys. There's nothing good about it. What's good? You definitely need to finish the movie. It's like if, it's like if you watched Fight Club, but you watched the first hour of it and then didn't get the ending of Fight Club. But I, I might be like, <laughs> this is a violent, oh, terrible movie. I don't understand. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second, Kirsten. You just said that to like this movie, Frozen... You have to watch it all the way to the end. You can't just be an enjo- you can't just enjoy it the whole way through. There's yeah. something wrong with that. Yeah, there is something wrong with that, and that's absolutely the case. It's like it starts boring, it is boring, and then I don't care how it even ends. Like I know how it ends, but <laughs> why? But defend this movie. What's likable? Like, the snowman. The fucking. You can't take a story piecemeal and and expect every bit. That's what story development is all about. And no, it's not that you can't enjoy just a little bit of it, but it certainly makes more sense. And you can't really lay a judgment on it of it sucks and it's boring if you didn't watch it either all the way through or completely. That's just a weird way to review anything. Okay, I. It has it has uh, the story and the way that they tell it. What makes it a good movie is the way that they end it, and it doesn't end on like traditional Disney. Tropes. Whoa! You you can enjoy it. You can enjoy it. It's not like the first half of the movie is bad. But what makes it really enjoyable is the end. It's like The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense is a great movie, but you know what makes it fucking phenomenal is the end of the movie. Uh If you don't watch the end of The Sixth Sense, it's not that great of a movie. It's just a movie about a counselor and a kid. Okay. I listen. And by the way, look, I have seen Frozen before and I know how it ends and I know the great, wonderful feminist ending and that is good for it. Okay. But to get there, the best I can concede is that it's bad, 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 bad. Eh, okay. Fine. At the, because of the ending. Okay. Wow. But, other, but like compare apples to apples. All right. 
Moana from oh, here we Go. go. Oh, from okay. fucking Go. That movie cooks and is good and interesting and fun and entertaining to watch. I don't know why you're so hot and horny for Moana. I don't so not like much. I don't think it's that great of a Disney movie. Look at Frozen, I understand. The icicles look pretty. That's okay. The one song is kind of good and she builds her ice castle. That's kind of a neat scene. I get it, right? Adele Dazim. But like <laughs> I Dina Menzel. The rest is Trash! The wickedly talented. Oh, oh, guys, oh, guys, my anus just prolapsed because I was so cringed inside out by that fucking. I hate it so much. Apparently. Jesus. Anyways, so I can't wait to watch Frozen 2. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Frozen 2 is not great. Oh, well, fuck me then! We're not even gonna (laughs) do this! Frozen 2 should have gone direct to video. That bad! Hashtag quarantine issues. Frozen. Mm -hmm. Frozen 2. Oh, no. I'm watching both, guys. I'm watching both in the quarantine. I don't care what Paul says. I don't care what Kirsten says. I'm just going to go and watch it yeah. all the way Hilarious. through. Yeah, that would be an important note. Yeah. Sorry to derail, but get a ooh, hold of this ooh. podcast, please. Ooh, okay, sorry. My dog barked. Wait. Speaking of watching things together, and because we were just talking about uh, Netflix, did you guys see this really cool thing, this Netflix party? I just read about that. I was just looking into that. That's what? a neat idea. What's it? So. So it's for people that are, you know, quarantining or whatever, but still want to watch the Netflix shows with their friends. It's a Google Chrome extension or app that you can download and then you can watch Netflix, but it syncs with your friend's Netflix account. So you're watching at the same time. And then it also has like a chat thing in it. So if you want to chat with your friends while you're streaming, whatever, it's like a fun way to watch Netflix online with your friends. That is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then that would mean that I would have to kind of stream the movie at the same time as you guys and listen to all of your quips. <laughs> <laughs> or you could put them into a chat window and just ignore us. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is that. That is true. And it's like the, the the difference between that and then like having you guys over to my house to watch something is that I can't mute you while you're in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and he's tried too. It's awkward. I uh, like the idea. Obviously, it's nice. And I love when technology brings people together over distances for any reason, right? Like, oh, my friends live in a different town. Okay, I'll do this. But I also think that watching a movie together is watching a movie together. And this is more of the, like, the... Do you remember when, like, The Walking Dead, when I still watched it, was all about they would always plug their two-screen experience? So, like, while you were watching a fucking show on TV, you could also... Because they knew the show was so boring that you were also dicking around (laughs) on your phone. And, like, so many people, it's like, oh, I'll put The Office on the background, but actually what I want to do is dick around on my phone. So you're doing a two-screen experience. So this is just more two-screen experience, I guess at least the positive is there that hopefully in the chat you're talking about the movie you're half watching with a quarter of your eyeballs. But still, like, how how ridiculous of us all. Well, you're not so, invited to my Netflix party then. <laughs> and I want to go to yours because I want to hear the point where you go, it's better than Cumberbatch. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That'll be typed in all caps in the chat window on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Or like drunkenly, caps, lowercase, caps, lowercase. (laughs) Let's have one more COVID-19 story and then we'll move on. Just because it's the internet, people, they like to think that Nostradamus exists in frickin' Simpsons. And they're like, oh, Simpsons predicted the coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak with this 
Osaka flu episode. And no, it's the same as the monkeys on the typewriters typing out a great album. <laughs> if your show is on forever and you're making all these great ideas and things, one or two or five of them are going to coincidentally align with things that happen in pop culture. Nobody is predicting anything. Don't be stupid. Um, what did uh, one of the Simpsons writers said that it's terrible and gross to make the implication. Yeah, it's also yeah, very it's, racist. Uh, Jeez. He said he didn't like it being used for nefarious purposes. I can read the quote here. It's, uh, it says, the idea that anyone misappropriates it to make coronavirus seem like an Asian plot is terrible in terms of trying to place blame on Asia. I think that is gross. It was meant to be absurd that someone could cough in a box or into a box and the virus could survive for, for six to eight weeks in that box. It's cartoonish. Uh, they also went on to say, like, a lot of the, the cases where it's like, oh, the, the Simpsons predicted this. And he's like, he says that there are very few cases that the Simpsons predicted something. It's mainly just coincidence because the episodes are so old that history repeats itself. Yeah. Most of these episodes are based on things that happened in the 60s, 70s, or 80s that we know about. So yeah. then the answer, once again, is society. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> so... You guys, is there like, was there like a virus who came from overseas or somewhere else in the 60s, 70s, or 80s that I'm not remembering? You mean you were dead, you weren't alive, so of course <laughs> you wouldn't know. Yeah, but also, I, uh, you can learn history though, and I, you're a historian. Don't know it. You won't watch for all the frozen all the way through, but <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, anyways, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's a great response. People are also freaking out about this 1981 novel from author Dean Koontz called The Eyes of Darkness, which, again, they're claiming predicted. No, didn't predict freaking anything. It's just a coincidence, albeit a little stranger of a coincidence, because they named the year 2020, um, and they say that it shows up, and then it goes away. And then it shows up, and it goes away forever, but it's sort of, you know, there are a lot of similarities. But no! The world okay, wait, doesn't work like that. This Time Dean, doesn't work like that. This Dean Koontz one, is that, that wasn't a, a hoax that was real, that really says that in his book? Yeah, that's really in the book, but because it's not. Because in the book, it also goes to say, yeah, it's 2020. It also says it was developed in Wuhan, China. Huh? <laughs> like, it specifically says that. Wuhan 400 is the perfect weapon. It only afflicts human beings. No other living creature can carry it. That's weird. Yeah. It, well, isn't, it is, isn't it? I mean, there is a... <clears throat> that, uh, that's just like decent research, though, I guess, when Koontz is writing a novel, because, well, I don't know, when was this novel written? 1981. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if it was around back then, but there is like a um, like a weapons manufacturing plant or some kind of a laboratory experiment thing in Wuhan. Isn't that right? Don't know. Yeah, there is. Well, as far as I know, I think I think I've yeah, I think that's true. And uh, but obviously, coronavirus is not from that. It has nothing to do with that. But no, but that's a coincidence again as well. So I just love like people. It's what's this called? Um, Peridola. Peridola. It's it's the same uh, phenomenon that makes us see faces in places. Sometimes we want, as humans, we want to make a connection even when there isn't one there. Right. And it's just, it's amusing and somewhat sometimes depressing. Can you imagine, though, like, if Dean Koontz writing his book in the 1980s and someone being like, hey, listen, Dean, I got a hot tip for you. In 30 <laughs> years, we're going to release this virus. Just put it in your book. Like, only you know. Like, <laughs> does not make any sense. Yeah, like to what end? What 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 is the benefit or the even the reason for doing that? 
Is that going to cause him a great resurgence of... And why? Why would anybody give this... Uh, it's just ridiculous. Let's get on to some actual geek news. I just It's just the headline of this that caught me. Sir Michael Caine isn't sure what his new movie, Tenet, is all about. This is the new Christopher Nolan uh, movie. <laughs> Apparently, Michael Caine filmed just his bits, saw just his bits of the script, worked a little bit with John David Washington, hasn't heard anything since, and honestly has no idea what's going on with the plot, which, you know, that's fair. This is like a Gwyneth Paltrow moment, right? Where she didn't know she was in the Spider-Man movie or not, or... Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, d- the Tenant movie, which looks amazing, it was oh, the yeah. it was the uh, the trailer that we saw before um, Rise of the Skywalker, mm-hmm. and we all thought we were watching. I thought I was watching a different movie. I was like, "Am I in the right theater?" Because it came on right before the movie, and it was like ten minutes long. Um, that movie does look extremely uh, confusing, though. Which is Christopher Nolan in the right? best way? Yeah, in a similar way that like. Um, Inception was a bit like, what the fuck is going on here the first time you watch it? A dream and within a dream, within a dream, within a dream. Yeah, and like you have to really think about it to get what it's about. Um, I love that. And you know what this is to me, this story, is that um, there's a nice working relationship there, obviously, between uh, Sir Kane and Christopher Nolan. That they've worked together on so many things. There's such an amount of trust there that Nolan can slide a script across his desk, be like, you're playing the old British man. And Kane is like, (laughs) sounds about right. I don't get what the fuck is going on in this movie, but I trust you, Christopher Nolan. I know it's going to be great. I'll lend my name to it. I'll be in this movie. Yeah, that's helpful in both ways. Yeah, because Sir Kane has the trust. Um, because Are we just the, calling him Sir Kane? <laughs> Why not? What's happening? Why not? He, but he has the trust of Christopher Nolan because of how you know the um, the what's the word? Uh, the, not the heritage, the consistency yeah. of, of his movies in past. Mm-hmm. And yeah, their relationship. So why not? Because having Michael Caine in your movie also gives it a certain level of uh, of appeal that audiences will go see. Hell yeah. Oh, I just wanted to ask you guys how you felt about actor directors using the same actors over and over and over again. Does it bother you? Does it take you out of the movie at all when you see that? Because I know Nolan likes to, mm. you know, use Sir Kane quite often, and Scorsese has the same actors in a lot of his movies as well. Where are you guys on that? I don't. Uh, I notice it. I don't think it really kind of deters me from watching the movie, or from it doesn't really necessarily take me out of it. I do like I do notice it because like um, let's take Christopher Nolan for example. He uses um, uh, shoot now I'm like forgetting all the the names of them. So the guy that played Bane, yeah, so he, Tom Hardy, used yeah. him. Oh, Tom Brady, yeah, Tom Hardy. So he's used him a bunch of times in movies, um, and then uh, like a bunch of the cast of uh, of um, Inception were all kind of used in the Dark Knight yeah. the trilogy mm-hmm. or the Dark Knight Rises. Right, like it, but I think the way a kind of director's mind works, it's sort of just like working on a job. It's like you work with the people that you know are going to do a good job, um, with you know, and sort of play out the role the way you envisioned it, and so you want to work with those people again. I'm of two minds of this kind of thing. Either it's an actor who is versatile enough to not be the same character in every movie, or it's bill murray in the wes anderson films which you know you you sort of get to look forward to right yeah i'm okay with it in that um you know you think about how collaborative a process of movie making should be 
Uh, and how you have to, like, if you're going to get a, a whole new group of people from scratch every single time, and then you have to, like, learn how each other works and learn to really trust each other and all that stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, that happens in movies all the time. And probably a smart production, you know, takes measures to make sure that that's as, as much as possible, you know, when cameras start rolling. Um, but I can only imagine that that increases exponentially the more movies that you create together. And so, you know, if, if it's, if the casting works, and again, Nolan is not making sloppy movies, so he's not gonna, um, hire a friend or cast a friend or someone he's worked with before if that's the wrong casting choice. So, as long as that works, and it always does, then you're just getting off on an even better foot than most productions do, I would think. So I'm kind of okay with it. And, you know, you, you think about, too, like, it's not really the case so much anymore, but when you think about, uh, like, olden times, like Marilyn Monroe era movies, like, actors got bought and they had contracts with certain studios, and that was it. Like you couldn't go and be. It doesn't matter if like you were the inspired casting choice for a movie that happened to be filming across town at Warner Brothers. Because guess what, fucko, you're under contract for Universal or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that kind of reminds me of that time. So like, yeah, movies survive that. They'll survive this. Karsten, sorry, did you have a thought there? Nope. Um, I just I just say <laughs> because I, I go back and I look at every single big movie now made by Christopher Nolan and Sir Michael Caine is in every one of them. Every one of them. And he's a delight in every single one. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can't, can't go wrong with an actor like that. What? Hang on. Bud, you go first. I was just going to say, you kind of can't go wrong with an actor like that either. Yeah. Brian? Yeah. And then after like the first few movies, he dropped like the Sir Michael Caine title and started calling him Miggity Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, funny. So, Polly, tell me about the Orville comics, please. I didn't even know these were a thing. Well, Wait, are you watching the Orville? No. Somebody's watching the Orville? No. I am, and I'm the one that sent this link, but please, Paul, tell <laughs> oh, <laughs> Kirsten, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Defer. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. <laughs> defer over to Kirsten, because I don't know what the fuck anything about this. <laughs> Yeah, so the Orville uh, was on Fox, and basically what happened a year and a half ago is Fox wouldn't give um, Seth MacFarlane enough money to do what he wanted to do with it. So he was like, fuck you guys, I'm going to Hulu. And uh, it's taken a while to uh, film everything. So in between the second and third season, they're actually going to go for it, I think, two or three years. And to fill in that gap between that two and three years, uh, they're releasing some graphic novels. Dark Horse Comics, who does a lot of the kind of TV ones, like Dark Horse does um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're releasing like a series of comics to just fill in that couple of years in between seasons two and three. And it's supposed to start on Hulu, I think, this fall, but uh, I'm not 100% about that. Kirsten, you say you're watching The Orville? Mm-hmm. She's I the only the one. Seasons, yeah. <laughs> only really one in the world. Are you serious? You haven't watched it? Like, I mean, if you want your vision of the future, blah, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. Star Trek, like, yeah. that is the Orville. I know. Listen, you know what? A uh, big shout out to uh, Mary Harrison, who has been giving us great uh, recommendations when she emails us. She's a podcast listener number one. 
Um, she she encouraged us to go and see Onward. I think it was on her recommendation, really, that I got up and went and gone saw that before society shut down. Um, hey, Kirsten, what if the last movie we ever see is Onward in the oh, theater? No. Yeah. In the theater? Oh, yeah. no. No. Um, that's okay. She also, as as I think she's mad at me right now because I'm, I shit on uh, Star Trek Picard so much, uh, she said, yeah, exactly that. If you want your fucking Gene Roddenberry vision of the future, the Orville, because Seth, Farland, or Seth MacFarlane is such a massive Star Sir Trek Farland. fan. Sir Farland. <laughs> Such a massive classic Star Trek fan, and because of that vision of the future, that that's what the Orville is. It's just like a slightly comedic version of Star Trek The Next Generation in that way. And is that about right? Yeah, yeah. this is just – this is the biggest love letter to that series uh, you could ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean it's definitely more comedy-based. Like I can see you maybe having an argument that you don't like Seth MacFarlane's humor, but mm-hmm. like it's definitely a comedy version of Star Trek. Um, but there are certainly some serious moments. There's some good comedians behind it, too. Like, you've got, you know, Seth MacFarlane, you've got Norm MacDonald, you've got Jason Alexander. Like, they're, I, I don't know, I, I quite enjoy it. And yes, there are some more serious episodes that they tackle um, some of those issues that people love the original Star Trek um, for tackling. Like, they kind of did an episode on, like, being transgender. Huh. Um, like, they do get into those things. And anyway, I really enjoy the Orville, and I'm glad that it's coming back, even though I don't have Hulu. Oh, yeah. yeah it's going to be late 2020 on Hulu for the third season, so we'll have to figure out how we're going to watch those ones. But anyway. Um, let me tell you my uh, history with the Orville Hiller. I remember when Seth MacFarlane was first. Uh, tweeting about it it was in production and his first thing was uh you're gonna love the look of this spaceship it's a beautiful spaceship i'm so excited i'm so grateful to the designers blah 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 blah. and then it came out and i hated it it's i hate the way the spaceship looks so that was strike one uh strike two in the first like couple of episodes it's this whole thing where it's like him and his ex-wife are both captains of the spaceship or whatever. And I was like... Yeah, he's... Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like that, like, built-in drama where it's like, it's quippy, quip, quip, because they used to be married and now they ain't and now they got to work together and all that. I was like, that really rubbed me the wrong way. Strike two. And uh, I think then I just fell off. That was it. So, I look, it hasn't strike three yet. I want to go back and maybe I should just, like, hang on is, does it remain that? Does it stay with that, Kirsten, that like it's this workplace drama style? Like I like Seth MacFarlane's comedy, but this like workplace drama and the ex-wife thing, I don't know. I was not really into it. No, I think they move on from that particular dynamic pretty quick. Okay. Um, like it's definitely like it continues to be referenced in the second season, but it's not like this like foil of each other like, ooh, I used to be married to you. Like they do move on. Um and I think maybe Seth McFarlane knew that he couldn't really rely on that for too long. Mm. Um and it kind of just it's it's actually kind of nice because once they do move past that it's kind of like nice to see how you work together with somebody that like I don't know I don't know like if you were in that situation how would you work with somebody like that and then 
I think it's nice. I don't know. You'd have yeah. to watch it. I'm trying not to spoil anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, no, and that's great too because that is that's one of the things that Gene Roddenberry was very specific about for Star Trek: The Next Generation, especially was it like. There is no interpersonal drama between these characters. I don't give a shit if they are, you know, ex-wife and ex-husband. In this vision of the future, humanity has learned to deal with each other on a more evolved level. So they aren't, you know, as fighting and quipping and doing that whole thing like you would think on a spaceship, you know, that, 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 that drama writers lean on so heavily for built in internal drama. And it's like, no, it can't come from that. It has to come from outside different aliens or whatever, but that's it. So that's neat. If, if they explore that in that extreme of a way, I'm excited to watch it. Hey, and you got lots of time on your hands with self quarantine. So you <laughs> might as well watch two seasons of the Orville. Might as well. Wait, are we on self-quarantine? I don't know. Is anybody on self-quarantine? Unless you're well, coming guess- back into the country? I don't know. Nobody not, really not, knows. Not, not true systematic self-quarantine. Maybe uh, uh, social isolation or whatever. But social distancing. Yeah, it's interesting. I just uh, got off the uh, press conference with John Horgan. And oh, yeah. A real, you know, interesting point that he pointed out. He was talking about businesses. Should they close after this whole ban of 50 or more people, should you close your business at this point? And he pretty much did not answer that question. Really? Yeah. So he like left it up to the shop owners, which is pretty crazy. That's where we're at right now. But you know what? Okay, if we're on this, I gotta say, I think it's ridiculous even that we, the five of us, couldn't be in a room together. I know that was like the directive from our boss. I don't think you should be in that small room breathing on each other. But like... None of us are infected, and we don't have the coronavirus. No. I know we're supposed to be self-isolating, but that means 50 or more. There's five of us in a room. What Here's the, the thing. Problem? Paul, Paul, Paul. None of us know a thousand percent that we are not infected, especially with the time it takes to manifest the symptoms. I'm sure we're not. But I think that's probably where John was coming from with this. Yeah, there, there's not a hundred percent. And that's the thing. That's the, the thing with uh, the kind of revelation from yesterday. Well, I guess Tuesday. Was it, wait, wait, what was yesterday? Monday? Yeah, Monday. Monday. Yeah, time? I've been home so long that I don't even know what day it is. But it's like the thing with, with Monday's news uh, from Dr. Bonnie Henry saying that there was this conference, this dentist conference mm-hmm. um, that, that had happened in Vancouver where uh, a few people were sick. And, you know, dentists came from all over. Uh, my mom just called me this morning and said, Oh, she went to the dentist like shortly after that conference, and they were talking about that conference. Uh-oh. Right? And my mom Uh-oh. did me a couple times, right? So it's just like that's kind of the thing is that right now, even though we're not a hundred percent, we like, or even though we know we're not sick, we don't know like anybody could have it at this point, right? Yeah, I'm sorry for bringing that up, guys. This is a worms here. No. Yeah. It's all it's it's all there is. I know. I, and Go believe ahead. me, I don't want to be the one who I like. I get it. We're in the throes of this thing, and we really should be acting responsibly. And I don't want to be the one who's like, "Are we overreacting?" It's like, no, 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 no. Take precautions. But I'm like, the five of us really. So like, Art and I are allowed to be in the same room. Should there be a plexiglass in between the two of us? I just it's. I think it's just taking extra precaution wherever you can. I think that's it. That's all. That I don't is, know where that's you've been, Paul. Pardon me, what was that, Kirsten? I said, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's so dirty. I used 
a I never use uh, hand sanitizer, but I went to the bank today and I used the ATM machine and uh, and then I used the hand sanitizer. But by the way, and I was like, great job, Royal Bank of Canada. Your precautions are extra. You've put out this like crappy little dollar store <laughs> bottle of off brand Purell on the counter, just leaving sitting there. And but then it was like it was almost empty, and I was like, wait a minute, how many people have touched the top of this thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The little pumpy things. So it's like, it's like oh, Annie. And then I went and ate lunch and I had my fingers in my mouth. So anyways, you're, maybe you're all right to stay away from me. <laughs> I just, I am, I'm, I'm saying all this, but I also, uh, it's an excuse because I knew if we were all in the same room, I don't trust you, Paul, to not touch my face. You have a very touchable face, Brian. Everyone wants to touch <laughs> it. I'm not alone in that. It's a pretty common problem. This is good. This is good. N- not touching Brian's face. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. <laughs> All right, let's talk about if if schedules at all even stay the same. Oh, actually, I wonder. I'm talking about the new mutants here. We got one more trailer, and they're like, it's coming out April 3rd. No, that's also the most one to you, I think. And I bet you, I wonder if they did. They, they knew this. They did this on purpose. We're like, oh, man, we'll never actually have to release the movie. Let's just release another trailer so it makes people think that we're actually committed to They're not committed. They're not going to tell. Just oh, oh sorry, sorry. I cut you off by clicking the link. Sorry. Say that again, bud. <laughs> I just I was just going all conspiracy theory. That the people behind the New Mutants, they released the trailer knowing that COVID-19 would shut down their premiere date of April 3. So uh, it won't actually happen. And they know it. Yeah, this is the what? last last Fox Fox related movie, right? Or the last movie. last Fox Fox related movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's right. It's like, and I this should have been the first movie to be like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna stream this shit," because <laughs> I don't think at this point they have anything that like because this is now being released under under Disney the Disney umbrella. Fox already spent a shit ton of money to make this movie. I don't know if it was a shit ton of money, but they already spent money to make this movie like six years ago. Um, Maisie Williams was still, you know, a kid when they made this movie. <laughs> and a virgin. Um, it's like, why? Oh, <laughs> she, wasn't, she wasn't a virgin before Game of Thrones. Damn it. That scene. <laughs> She didn't lose her virginity on camera. <laughs> it's the joke. Hey, I got it. It was the joke. Anyway. It was a joke. Thank you, bud. Uh, but like, this is it's it's either this movie is like cursed, or if it's it's just maybe this is like long running joke. It's like let's just keep you know tr- trying to release this movie, and then like the world ends. Is like, well, I guess, I guess we can't release it. <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of uh, Fox properties. Uh, in self isolation and quarantine, the Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. is out on uh, Crave TV with HBO right now. Brian, have you even watched this piece of shit? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. <laughs> yeah, what did you I think? Watched I watched it before. It was like one of those things where you're before it was like a you're in self quarantine. You don't have any other options. Right. <laughs> that was you watched one. it when you had more choices. Oh, oh wow, that's yeah, great. Right. Yeah, you, that shows your increased <laughs> fandom over mine. I believe that. Yeah, I well, it's just it was curiosity. It was like, okay, well, let's see, let's let's see where this thing goes. And I was like, yep, yeah, I knew it was going to be bad, and it was bad. All right, so at the risk of everyone yelling at me for not watching movies all the way through, I did fall asleep <laughs> for the climax. But I felt like... Oh, my God. 
<laughs> by that point, anyways, I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, I woke up and the movie was ending, and I was like, oh, good, it's over. I'm not going back to watch this piece of garbage. But it sucks, right? The whole. But all, actually, it started out with a lot of promise. The stuff that was in the trailer about like them going up into space and saving the shuttle and all that, like. And even kind of by by the time like halfway through or three quarters of the way through, where I was into it, maybe two thirds, it was okay. I I uh, didn't mind. I thought the performances were okay. I like uh, Sophie. Uh, what's her name there? As a Turner, Sophie Turner. Yes, mm-hmm. like watching her a lot on any kind of TV. Um, I, I thought she did a good job as Jean Grey and I guess the Phoenix, but I don't know. It fell off, right? In Apocalypse? <laughs> oh, that whole movie was a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. That's the last movie. Wasn't that her, wasn't that her first appearance as uh, Jean Grey? Yeah. I, I mean, it had its moments, like the Wolverine thing, and the, that was okay. Remember that in Apocalypse? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I don't. That movie sucked. I don't want to talk about that movie ever again. No, I know. Yeah, uh, Detective Pikachu. I watched that movie the other day, and I kind of did the same thing as you. I fell asleep during the middle of it, and then woke up. Ah, fuck it, it's over. <laughs> really, I found that to be a really entertaining movie. Maybe it was just a circumstance. Yeah, Kirsten liked it too. It was just Art me. doesn't know anything about Pokemon. Yeah, no, oh, that. Yeah, Wait, by the why way, why did you watch Detective Pikachu if you don't know anything about Pokemon? Well, I thought maybe I could watch this motion, major motion picture, and not know the storyline about the characters in the past and actually watch it and think, oh, you know what? Maybe they'll explain it to me a little bit. No. Yeah. No. Let, let me be Paul for a second. Let, let me be Paul for a second. No. No. <laughs> no to your no, bud. <laughs> I'm with art. No, well, Is it too much to ask to be able to watch a fucking movie and not have to know the backstory of uh, 442 cartoons before it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think, I think to be fair, though, too, because I watched De- Detective Pikachu without really having that big of a background on Pokemon, and I was able to follow it. Yeah. Um, so it was like, it, it, it was it was technically, if if you were going in with no knowledge of, of Pokemon, it still is technically um, something that you can follow, a story that you can follow, because they do, like, the major aspects of the story they do explain right it might be like maybe they explained it when you were asleep yeah well i I, yeah yeah i fell asleep halfway through it just saying it was not very good i didn't i didn't enjoy it that's what i was saying yep sorry we got off uh point there listen we're old no actually you're kind of right on point because that moves us to reviews and recommendations there we go because we're we're old we're old men now we don't have the the capacity to watch an entire movie all the way through what's wrong with you studios please make your movie good while we're awake (laughs) wow (laughs) or make them one hour shows and you can still maybe fall asleep now Polly, I wanted to talk to you about Picard ah yes when you were saying you, that, I, I'm just trying to re- line up the timelines because again, time has no meaning for me right now. When I was an episode behind, and you said the the most recent episode that you watched, you loved, was that the one uh, Nepenthe where they were on um, the Riker and Troy's home? Yes, that was a phenomenal episode. I agree with you. I that had story and heart. Yeah. Um, not just because you had some vintage characters in there, but yeah, like it just had an emotional weight to it. And it really, it's only at this point when I see how much of this show is, what do you call it? The shoot 'em up schlock or whatever. Yeah. Action um, schlock. yeah, the action schlock, this episode really 
gave me an insight into the show as a whole, and I really enjoyed it. That was the last one that I watched. There, there has been one more since then, uh, and then there's only going to be two more for the for the first season. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of it. But yeah, this was definitely a standout episode for me. Yeah, I agree. I think the the most recent episode uh, at the time of this recording is. It is more action schlock. They're right back to the action schlock. But uh, I tell you what, you know, it's like I at least care about it a little baby bit more because we had the nice episode um, where we actually, you know, spend some time with characters that we actually enjoy. And but now, okay, last week, Kirsten um, shit upon me for saying that it was fan service but done in a much more subtle and reasonable way and that I like it. And she said, like, oh, it wasn't bad because you liked it or something like that, she said. <laughs> but did, do you agree? Did you find that, like, it was – yes, there were there were familiar characters, but it wasn't just that thing of, like, remember Commander Riker the whole time? It was like, no, this is actually uh, fan service in a beautiful way. Did you find that was right? What I liked about this was you had your two vintage characters, Will Riker and Deanna Troy, but it is it is flashed forward to, you know, the present day of Picard. And so they, you know, it, the understanding of time having passed is there. So neither the characters themselves nor the show are trying to, like, keep pulling back to the past. They're acknowledging that's what what past what's past is past yeah. and they're in this new time so they don't need to rehash everything to me the rehashing is where it gets really fan service if it's too on the nose or too obvious i think the only moment that was fan servicey which i loved and thought was hilarious was that riker has his home you know keyed on uh, on when he says the phrase red alert like right that is such a a next generation thing but it just happened the once i thought that was hilarious and a nice nod to it and they didn't keep hammering it after that so yeah in that respect i do agree with you and i also thought too that uh it's like yes you can just say that oh yeah you just remember commander Riker and troy are there but uh, some of my favorite scenes in that episode because again they are filled with a lot of heart and humanity and whatever is between um, Kestra, who's Riker and Troy's daughter, who that actress was like so lovely. She was so she was so phenomenal. Good. Yeah, I loved uh, her scenes. I, and uh, with Soji, the the android there, of them two getting to know each other. These are brand new characters we've never seen on a Star Trek before. And but because they're written love nicely in a lovely way in this episode, I actually like them. Um, one piece of like really deep fan service. I will tell you this. I uh, someone told me that. Uh, Kestra is actually the name of Troy's older sister that died when she was a baby that she never knew about until her mom came on the Enterprise in Next Generation. Oh, I, son of a gun. Right? So, like, and then Thad is the, uh, the Riker's son who dies apparently. And, um, that's like an old name from the Riker family as well. So, there's some really deep dive, nice nods to like super ultra nerd fans in that episode as well. Anyway, still really enjoying Picard. I'm, I'm only one episode behind now, and then after that, there's uh, two more to finish up the season. Um, did everybody watch Westworld? Yes. No. Yes. No. No. Oh, Just man. talk about Ours. it. I don't, I don't care. Just talk about it. Well, I don't Kirsten, want spoilers. Can I just hang up? Are you actually going to watch it, Kirsten? Yeah, of course I'm going to watch it. 
point. Well, do we need to talk about it in a spoilery fashion, or no. can we, in general, just say like, so for for example, me, I liked it. I didn't think it was as confusing as the second season, and uh, I'm interested in to where to where it's going to go. Yes, yay! That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I completely. That was my thing thing was that like <clears throat> this, this thing is fucking confusing again. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, I wonder too, like, if that was the feedback they really got on season two. If, like, after season one, they were like, ooh, we love that there are twists. And so that the creators were like, you like twists, eh? Here's oh, the no. twist. We'll shove a thousand twists so far up your ass. You don't know which way you're coming or going. That was what <laughs> season two was, right? Yeah. That's exactly right. And then for season, th- and then we were all were like, oh, we don't like all these twists on our ass. Thank you. And so they were like, okay, for season three, we'll chill it out. We'll make it a much more linear story. And um, guess what? <laughs> You're all going to hate me again. Oh, no. I haven't watched minute <laughs> one of season two, okay? Jump right to season three, and I enjoyed... Oh, my God, you didn't. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of the episode, and I will move forward from there. Look, I even... Look, okay, I'll be honest. I watched the um, the 30-minute recap. Okay, that's good. And I found that I didn't need anything from it. I was like, eh, okay, I get it. Okay, that's well, that's that's all I wanted to hear, actually, because now I, I'm not going to watch season two. I didn't want to watch it. Nah. Now I'm not going to. No, 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 moving forward. You know what, as someone who has watched and enjoyed both of the seasons and is really enjoying this one, um, I'm okay with that, just because <laughs> two was such a mathematical slog. Yeah. And yeah, season three, episode one, it did seem pretty straight straightforward, which is how I know I probably missed like 17 foreshadows and Easter eggs and predictions yeah. in the future yeah. that we'll get on future watchings. But yeah, I think watch watch a re- did you watch a recap or two art? Uh, no, I haven't gone to that. But yeah. now that's what I, I'm I going to watch, do. If I were you, I would watch that 30 minute and maybe even the six minute uh, recap that Bud sent last week. Yeah. Um, watch those and then get into season three. I think you'll you'll be able to understand it um, a little bit better. The, I think the only thing that you might miss having not spent that much time mm-hmm. with the characters and sort of you're just jumping back in is that investment in the character because like. Mm. Um, you know, when the character of Maeve kind of shows up and, you know, you've just kind of seen her story and her evolution through 30 minutes of a guy telling you what happened, there might not necessarily be that much of an investment on your part in, mm-hmm. in that character. Okay. But at the same time, you're still going to at least know what's happening. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't want to get into spoilers, but uh, Marshawn Lynch, is he a sports ball guy? (laughs) Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, uh, former Seattle Seahawks running back. Oh, cool. So, like, close to us. That's neat. He was in this show, and he has the coolest shirt in creation. I won't say more than that, but I really enjoyed him in in this. Like, I enjoyed him in it watching it, and then afterwards there was something, and I Googled him, and he's apparently sportsy or something. (laughs) Um, But uh, I liked his character uh, in it. I don't know if we'll see him again, but uh, I also love the shirt. uh, He's kind of like his interviews post-game. He doesn't really say much. He's just here (laughs) so he doesn't get fined. He has that... that, famous phrase from uh, Super Bowl a few years ago. I'm um, just here so I don't get fined. He answered yes. every question with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, another interesting bit of casting in that is uh, Kid Cudi is in there. I yeah. love Kid Cudi. Do you? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, he's a he's a guy in the Westworld. Me and Kirsten were rocking out to a little Kid Cudi the other day, actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 
Nice. Uh, that was one of the selling points for me as well, uh, and for a lot of sports balls fans, of seeing the uh, trailer and seeing uh, Marshawn Lynch in there. So thank you, bud. Oh, good. Well, then that's that. You know, again, it's these are smart little choices, like including your kid cutter, including Marshawn Lynch grabs people in from other uh, from other uh, audiences yeah, that might yeah. be uh, might be into the show. For sure. So yeah, I won't get into any you know spoilers or anything, but I really did enjoy the show. I'm actually on a second viewing of that show, which is ridiculous because there's so much other TV I have to watch. But I enjoyed it that much, and I, I'm trying to glean more out of it, see if I see any, any other hints and things and whatnot. Um, Brian, can you read Filipino if that if that if I'm saying it correctly? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. There's no language called Filipino. There's languages oh. called Tagalog and stuff. But anyway, uh, I, I can understand. So, like, are you talking about um, where uh, where Bernard is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, in I, Palawan. I, okay, is, that's so cool. I googled that um, and and fi- and and found all that out. My apologies on. Uh, my accidental racism about calling the language the, the people. Oh no, no, no that's, that's not racist at all. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So, and, which is funny because like the the boat driver that he's talking to, and this is not really a spoiler, Kirsten. So don't worry about plugging your ears. But like the boat driver he was talking to was speaking in Mandarin. Um, oh what? He, yeah, he, he. But he was on a shore in uh, in Palawan where like I kind of also. It, it wasn't really my Filipino roots that I was like, oh, he's in the Philippines. It was. Uh, uh, there was a season of Survivor that happened in the Philippines and that was <laughs> taking place in Palawan. I love it. <laughs> so, and then eventually, like, it kind of sort of zooms out, and that sign has a Filipino flag on it as well. This is not a spoiler, but just um, just an observation. They did a lot of the shooting uh, for this show in Singapore, and the architecture and just the layout of that yes. city it is so damn cool. It is such a perfectly futuristic location to be shooting a show like this yeah i was absolutely taken with the architecture there oh 100 percent. like every time they're inside or like quasi inside outside of a building or whatever yeah I, there was a lot of mention of that as well as like where are they filming where are these gorgeous locations that they found to film they're so wonderful um and yeah. it's i wondered that's interesting that shanghai because i guessed uh, maybe dubai or something like that that what what's the futuristic version of los angeles that's interesting dubai is a good guess yeah absolutely uh and let's remember yeah go on i was gonna say robots don't kill people people kill people i thought about you a lot during this episode bud because um and i don't think this is too spoilery because i think it's the same thing in season two but uh dolores has gone full-on skynet terminator which I think is great. And I love her her access to things and her yeah. her drive in this show is so Terminator. It's uh, I'm really relating to it. See, the, maybe the producers of Terminator could take a little heads up from this show as well because Westworld is an old property as well, right? Like predates Terminator. Man, and yeah. you're you're relating to somebody going on a robot murder bot spree? Okay, well that's I am a robot. I am a robot person. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I, I certainly am. It's true, he is. That's something too. Everyone stay away from Bud. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um Well that's interesting too. I wonder if I'm having a different reaction to Dolores because uh, she, because I skipped season two, but like I'm rooting for her. I don't give a shit. Like I hope that she does kill all humans. 
You know what I mean? And maybe I'm supposed to get there more slowly, but from seeing season one and how poorly she was treated, and then I get it, she did some shitty things in season two and was kind of brutal, but now from I'm jumping into season three, I'm like, yeah, good for you, Dolores. I hope you get everything. I hope you get. I hope you do take over the world. Is that a weird no, thing? No, I agree. I am, I am also rooting for her. Yeah. She is just a much more subtle um terminator than you know the the actual terminators that we have because yeah. her drive is is i think it's less programmed and it's more felt it's more deep-seated yeah, yeah, yeah. um there is programming but laid on top of that is all the experiences that she's had so it's basically a revenge uh at this point and yeah i'm i'm, I'm for it yeah well and the point i was gonna make about terminator is just that you know, Westworld is an older property and one that's been modernized in a very cool way, relying on none of the bullshit like let's recast Arnold Schwarzenegger again or whatever the equivalent would be. So it's like Terminator, like, hey, this is an interesting concept. We can still do this, but you got to quit remaking the same movie from 1991 over and over again. Yeah, it's a good point. Is there anything else we're talking about, friends? Um, yeah, I want to review and recommendation the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah, so I saw the Sonic movie yesterday, and it was all right. Like, it was, I don't know, it was definitely exactly what I needed to watch. I wanted some escape from all the corona and COVID thing, and usually I'll watch, like, a a murder documentary or something like that. And I was like, I want to watch something light tonight. Uh, So watch Sonic. Um, It's... It's definitely more for kids than adults. Like, I think mm. a lot of kids will enjoy this movie. It's a really good family movie that the um, the needle falls a little bit more on the entertaining kids than entertaining adults side. Um, but I still thought it was fine. Like, it was it was a fine movie. There were some jokes for adults that I thought were pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it was what an hour and 40 minutes perfect movie for escaping from all this corona stuff how about how about the animation there kirsten i wonder if i would have been so critical of it if it hadn't been for all of the um redoing of sonic um it didn't look amazing and i wonder if it's because they they redid sonic and i wonder if it looked better before they redid Sonic, but Sonic himself looked looked great. I'm so glad they made that decision. The whole yeah. movie, I turned I turned to Johnny like three times during the movie, and I was like, "Oh fucking thank God they redesigned him because this would be a nightmare otherwise." Yeah, but we're also in a unique position, having seen all the controversy about that, having seen the before and after. That's not something that the public usually gets um, to see. So that might have taken you out of it a little bit. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that I don't know if I would have been so critical. Like some of the some of the sequences, I was like, "Ooh, this isn't really actually animated that well." I wonder if that's because they had to go back in and redo it, right. or if it was always like this. Interesting. 
but it didn't kick I'm, me out of it. It was it was just me being critical. But as everybody said, like Jim Carrey is a delight in this movie. It's like really interesting to see him in like some of the like that kind of character that I really liked seeing Jim Carrey as as a kid. Like yeah. that kind of like Ace Ventura style. Like I haven't seen Jim Carrey do something like that in a really long time. And he is like watching this movie as an adult, like with fresh eyes. He is a really genius comedian like the subtlety and some of the things that he does are just amazing um how evil really is good... the evil part of his persona pardon how evil is the evil part of his persona persona uh, like i don't know if this is spoilery but it doesn't it doesn't really come out like oh um like oh uh, yeah i don't i don't want to spoil it but like he's, he, as evil he, he's as almost evil like no, sorry. Sorry, Art's having a spaz. <laughs> Go on, please. <laughs> it's almost like he kind of, like, descends into madness. So I don't really know that he's evil Dr. Eggman until the end. <laughs> that's cool, though, because, like, that's the kind of portrayal I think Jim Carrey would do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Schwartz is pretty good as Sonic. Um, what's his name? Cyclops. James Marsden. James yeah. Marsden is... I don't know. Johnny complained the whole time that he thought James Marsden was wearing too much makeup, but I, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, if, interesting. You, if you want an escape uh, from the world, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would give it like a solid six. Where did you see it? On my television. Oh, did you steal it? Mm. No, never. Okay. Um... <laughs> Kirsten and I also saw Onward last week and uh, we'll agree with Brian that it's like a totally nice little movie yeah I I I don't think it like stands up it's not like one of the greatest of all time Pixar movies and even as much as I like you know uh, kind of um, medieval fantasy Mm-hmm. properties that it parodies and touches upon a lot. I still don't think it's like quite as great as all those greatest Pixar movies, but it's still good. It's still got a lot of heart. It's still well yeah. written. I thought the back half of that movie, that last half an hour was really good. Like, yeah. I liked that, but getting there, yeah. I wasn't so enthralled with. Yeah, the the opening where they're like setting up the world, it's like, oh, cool, I'm so into this. And then it just straight up becomes... Like teen comedy or whatever, I don't know. And it's like yeah, I agree uh, with you. there are moments in the middle where I think I started almost nodding off. Yeah, and uh, and then right around the climax, I was fully into it. Like wanted to see where it went. So yeah, but yeah, it's like uh, someone made the good point that like holy shit, we got th- two Pixar movies within a few months of each other. Now you know, of course, um, yeah. Who knows with the COVID and all that, but. Um, What's the one that's coming out that also looks really, really good? Soul. Soul! Yeah, we get the trailer for that. Gorgeous! And um, leave it to Pixar, not afraid of like, hitting those really big, lofty ideas, right? Like, like, ve- like death, you mean? Like death and an afterlife yeah. and the existence of a soul, but then also very cleverly tying it into jazz music and the soul that it takes. That Like, I cannot wait to see that. That looks visually stunning. That looks... I, I'm so, like, you know, um, uh, appreciative 
of this. I don't know if it's because of the success of the good place on TV, but like that old adage of like death and or like politics and religion don't talk about. And so these kind of heady ideas that are more the domain often of religion are making their way into thoughtful discussion in popular culture. And I mean, those are the only two examples I can give, you know, the good place and now the soul movie, but like we're thinking about kind of these metaphysical or spiritual ideas and exploring them in interesting pop culture ways. That's kind of neat. And it's kind of brave still. And I just, I'm really, really loving that they're doing that. You know, like we don't have to be afraid of of kind of um, looking into things like that and thinking about them. I think that soul is going to be accidentally perfectly timed to be a comfort to a lot of people uh, with what's happening right now. That's Um, horrible. No, I... (laughs) Because so many people are going to die, bud? Is that what you're saying? I think they're going to be looking better upon the prospect of death. Because oh my something- god! We're all better. going to die. We've all got to think about this stuff, you know? You are a robot, We all need to be prepared. Bud. We all need a will. Oh. Yeah, Bud doesn't care because he's just going to download his brain into a new host body and he'll continue on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, do we have any other reviews and recommendations? Um, I want to get no, big... I was thinking about talking about The Walking Dead, but no, it's okay. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> You said it was really good, though, right, Brian? Probably the best episode since, um, like, the jail season. Oh, dang. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, anybody who listens to this pod, like uh, like Rob Cook, I think he watches The Walking Dead. I think Mary maybe watches The Walking Dead. If you want to chat with me about it, I can do that on the Geek Pod. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you've done, Paul. He's so I'm downtrodden. Sorry. He can't even talk about what he wants to talk about. I want to hear about it, actually, <laughs> and not point out that the zombies really should be skeletons by now, the, the like, ten that's left of them <laughs> that haven't already been stabbed in the head. Um, but I, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll leave you some time next time, Brian, because I do genuinely want to hear about it. That's true. Well, I mean, you got to get on the air, too. Yeah, we're running really late. That's oh, the it. last movie that I'll ever see in theater is Bad Boys 3. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let that sink That's in. That's a horrible legacy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Put that on your tombstone. Um, I want to give Art props before we go because uh, we are continuing watching movies and ch- choosing movies for each other to watch. And he picked... The 1938 classic The Adventures of Robin Hood starring Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. It, it was awesome. It is so good and so much better than so many modern action movies. Like even movies like from the 50s and 60s and 70s. It's like although it's dated, it's certainly a product of the 1930s. It was so fun to watch. Clipped it along at a really good pace. Um, fuck, it was great. And Art set it up by being like, this is the best Robin Hood movie they ever made. They never topped this one. And I can totally see that being true. Oh, the sword fight. Not even Men in Tights. Not even Men in Tights. Well, the Men in Tights is, it's good for like other reasons. Yeah, it's that's right. And yeah, and it makes fun of this Robin Hood movie. It makes fun of the adventures of Robin Hood, which is good in itself. But, uh, if you're, if you're going to get, you know, your adventure of Robin, adventures of Robin Hood, this is the movie. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you liked it. I loved it. And it's a shame we were talking about this. Like, it seems like a pretty easy equation. I don't know why they haven't figured it out, but Kirsten was telling us about how the, um, uh, what's his name, your boyfriend who you love, Taron Egerton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the Robin Hood movie that he made in 2018 is a total piece of shit. It got 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, but person, you agree that it's also like unwatchable trash? It's bad. Like it's it's so bad. What's so bad I think about I it? I gave it a two. Isn't Jamie Foxx in that movie? Jamie yeah. Foxx oh. is in that movie. Yes. Is it tone problem mostly? Like, is it just like too gritty or whatever? Too modern? Too dark? Yeah, fuck. I don't even remember. I've like scrubbed my brain from it. I just think like I I think that the story is poorly written as far as I remember. Um, I don't think it's a tone problem. I don't think it's too dark. Um, I I just remember hating it. Yeah. I think it's a story problem, a narrative problem. So the equation to me is very simple. It's like you need to leave Robin Hood alone for a little while. And then if you want to come back to it, um, you know, it's like uh, the right thing to do is do it like the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. That's the tone you set. It's clearly kind of for children or at least as a family movie, there are some few darker aspects if you want. But generally, the tone is classic fun swashbuckling mm-hmm. a little bit cheesy but mm-hmm. like in in that way that Pirates of the Caribbean worked so well you can do that with Robin Hood Pirates of the Caribbean was just trying to be like classic Errol Flynn swashbuckling movies so do that in a modern way it probably could work but maybe Robin Hood is ruined forever I don't know I think the Geek Out podcast should produce the next Robin Hood movie and that's what we want Paul let's get what we want I like that. Not a great time that to be investing. That is a terrible idea. That's yeah. brilliant. Okay, great. Thank you, Art. Yeah, you're welcome. Just thought. Let's have a let's have a hello from another member of the Zone's podcast family. Presuming we're all still podcasting. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud, resident geek for the Zone at 91.3. And since 2012, I've been talking geeky stuff with Dylan and Jason Wednesdays at 7:20 in the morning Zone. Stuff like apps and websites and gadgets and toys, but also handy tips on staying safe online, making your life needlessly more silly, or just better living through geekiness. So it's Bud's weekly geek. Out, and it's on the radio, but it's also a podcast. So if you'd like to be a little bit more geeky, please subscribe at thezone.fm slash podcast or find it wherever fine podcasts are sold. Bye! Uh, you can find us all at thezone.fm slash podcasts. Now, let's talk about Saturday. We're, we're still going to shoot for uh, some sort of live stream, live pod where we would have been at the Capital City Comic Con at about 2.15 on Saturday, yeah? Yeah, I'll be there. We're working out technical points, but yeah, look forward to hearing and hopefully seeing from us then. Until then, Kirsten James, where can we find you on Instagram? Um, you have to go back and listen to this episode and find out exactly the point that I was in the bathroom. No way, were you? You have to listen. You clever bugger. Find Kirsten James on the bathroom, <laughs> uh, in the bathroom on Instagram. <laughs> Great. Art Aronson. Uh, I'm also in mourning, guys. Um, oh boy, we mentioned this in the last oh, podcast. We kind of um, we kind of alluded to it, but Tom Brady announced that he's no longer with New England Patriots today. So, and it is something we talked about in the last podcast. That's the only reason why I'm bringing it up now. We don't know where he's going, right? Uh, we don't know yet. No, we did speculate L.A. So, yeah. and I think that might be where it is. Anyways, yeah, you can find me at Art Aronson, and uh, between the Stammers is on hiatus because well, the Canucks aren't playing, obviously. Oh, right. Yeah, that. Yeah. Sports. Uh, Paul. <laughs> At Paul Blasino. Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Damn it, Brian. <laughs> You're on That's fire. It. That's where you can find me. Brian's on fire. You're That's horrible. fantastic. Yeah.
Um, I'm Webmeister Bot on all socials. Thank you for listening to the Geek Out Podcast, episode 75. It's been interesting. We'll see how what the what the future holds. Wash your hands, take care of you and yours, uh, and bye! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.